0: Hey fam, what's going on? Um, Before the episode starts, I just wanted to correct a mistake that I make in the episode. I mentioned the book Sugar, Fat, Salt by Michael Moss, but actually I was thinking of two books. Sugar, Fat, Salt by Michael Moss and also The End of Overeating by David Kessler. I combined the insights of two books into one book in my head uh messed up memory and then just cited one book so it was actually two books that i was talking about sugar fat salt and the end of overeating so that's basically it and without further ado let's get on with the episode hey what's up champagne sharks um i haven't done this in a while so let me just get the house cleaning out of the way um go to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks to get bonus episodes that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash champagne sharks for five dollars a month you get double the episodes two a week instead of one this is t you can find me on Twitter at Ricky Rawls, R-I-C-K-Y-R-A-W-L-S, no underscore. And we have with us
1: Mike. Hey, everybody. This is Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Black Exception one And let's get it going.
2: And we have D Mills. Hey, everybody. It's D Mills. You can catch me. Don't add me at MD Mills 79 on Twitter. Let's do it, gentlemen.
1: Okay. Also, I want to add, guys, yes. that you—well, anybody in the Midwest area—you could also find me on Saturday and Sunday nights, taking it up at the Tropical Palace. You know, I, I, that's my night job. You know, my nickname is Night Heat, and um, you know, I get it on. You know? So, if y'all really want to see a show, you know, I, I bring the I bring the thunder. You know, all all gratuities are welcome.
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh tell us about the cheesecake factory we were talking about the wonderful establishment called the cheesecake factory oh, and the gourmet oh, oh,
1: wait, wait wait me and my girl oh, okay i'm sorry t what
0: no no i was going to say something about pf changs but but let's stay focused i want to talk about a cheesecake factory so 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 you and your girl
1: you and your girl yeah, we went down to Chicago this weekend. We we had the we had the days off. We decided to go down there and hang out, you know. And uh, we did some touristy type stuff to the museum and to the uh Shedd Aquarium. And then we went to the Hancock uh building and uh went up to the top and all that. And uh you know, when we came down we were hungry. We decided to get something to eat. You know, she wanted to stop at that um uh Cheesecake factory, which is in the in the building, and so uh, we get there. We ask to be seated. They tell us it's gonna be 15 minutes to wait for the table because the place is it's humming. They do a brisk business in there, and uh, you know the food was just the worst. It was the worst restaurant food I've ever had from anywhere, especially ever. at
0: that price point. You know they. Yeah,
1: man, at any price point, man. I've had. Man, I, much you know, I've had food <laughs> much cheaper and much better. I, you know, so they have no. If you're gonna pay that much money for it, you know, I, maybe it's not a lot of money to a lot of people. I'm a working class kind of guy. You know, uh, I don't like I don't pinch pennies, but I, I, you know, I like to get value for my money. And I felt robbed. I, I man, I felt like they, man, it almost made me want to go slap somebody. You know, like, hey, hold on, man, y'all just <laughs> y'all gonna rob me? To my face and think I'm not going to do something about it. I felt like they, I felt like they really disrespected me in a way that I, I, I rarely not get fair. disrespected. Oh and wow. Like that's how bad the food was, bro. It was wow. that bad. Like, like yeah. Man, what did I? I got, the, I got the enchiladas and I, I guess you know maybe that was my fault because it's not a Mexican yeah, restaurant. You know, it... So maybe I I, I, I thought outside the box and it didn't work. So maybe I, I'm, t- I'm. I should take a little bit of blame for that. I well, don't know. it's
2: kind of hard to fuck up enchiladas. You know what I mean? Like that's one of the foods that, when you order it, it's a safe bet a lot of times. You know, it's something safe, and and you don't expect that they're gonna screw up enchiladas, man. But they they managed to do it.
1: Huh? Everything, of it, brother. Though. They screwed up the rice. The rice was hard. It's like like did you uh. just pour it out of a box and mold it onto the plate? Because it was like <laughs> it was like. Like crunchy, the rice was crunchy.
2: They, they I've never over, had
1: crunchy rice before.
2: They microwaved
1: up the Uncle Ben's, huh? Basically, and they uh they forgot to put the water you in. You know, you know, so there's a lot of new all.
0: categories of restaurants, and I'm really confused, like, because I remember before I used to have your fast food, you know, which was what it was, and then there was your Kind of like your casual dining where it was above fast food, but it wasn't a restaurant. And then there was your gourmet restaurant, which is where you went on anniversaries, you got ready to drop a bill, whatever. But now they've put so many comedy It's kind of how there was an iPhone and an iPad, then they made an iPad mini, then an iPhone plus, and then an iPro pad. And there's like eight different sizes. I think there's a full, there's one iPhone that's bigger than the smallest iPad. There's too many fucking categories of restaurants now. They got this fast casual. They have casual fast. They have gourmet casual fast gourmet. Like what is Cheesecake Factory? Like I can't even figure right. out because that's that's a problem. No one knows what it's supposed to be. It's is, is it a poor person? It's like fake bougie. Yeah, is, is it a poor person's idea of a bougie yeah, restaurant? It's
2: kind of yeah, like it's kind fake of, yeah, yeah. Because the decorum is is kind of bougie when you go in. It's kind of it's kind of cheesy, but you can tell they're kind of going for like an upscale kind of look. Well, they do almost, the best they can like the, for
1: a chain restaurant. Yeah, you know? they the right. They can. They're, they're trying crazy.
2: to be bougie yeah. for
0: somebody who's never been someplace bougie, in the hopes that they won't realize that it's not authentic. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of like what a tiki hut is to a real. Yeah. Hawaiian restaurant like oh these motherfuckers never gonna go to Hawaii how are they gonna know what a real Hawaiian place looks like that's, that's <laughs> what I feel like it is uh, Sim, sure. my guilty pleasure with those places most of them suck but P.F. Chang's I don't know why I kind of like that place I know what it is it's not really mm. any better than Cheesecake Factory but somehow it is better I don't know it's
1: what about Benny Harner's
0: you know, I almost Benihana went to Benihana. To me. Yeah, I, like Benihana. Cool. I almost went to Benihanas uh, recently, but every time I go, there's just always too long a line. And in New York, it's very loving hip hop ish. Like there's just always like way too many people mm. there, and um, okay. yeah. So I'm never.
1: Well, you know, the, the Benihanas—they had a Benihanas right across from the uh, uh, Cheesecake Factory. And that was kind of my first instinct to want to go, because i would never been. But it was kind of Do mostly, do mostly
2: black people go... Hanna is always like Do that. mostly
0: black people go to Benihana's where you guys live? Because here, it's like... um, I guess it makes make so many New York rappers mention it in songs. It's like total love and hip-hop here. It's always full. And it's usually full of black people.
2: Yeah, it's kind of that. Benny Hanna out here by where I am, it's kind of like how Red Lobster used yes, to be back exactly. in the 90s. You know, Red Lobster was kind of like the spot back in the 90s, and everybody would go there when they wanted yeah. to drop a bill or whatever. And uh, that's kind of like how Benny yeah, Hanna is that's how right it is now. Here. You know? I don't mind um, Red
1: Lobster though. I'm, Red Lobster ain't the greatest, but no, I don't that would have been uh, exponentially better, better
0: than. Yo, here's a bad one Olive Garden. Mm, all,
2: yeah. yeah oh man yeah that's that's olive, olive garden is, is absolutely is hot is hot that's trash, another change right god yeah,
0: yeah. people yeah yeah. yeah yeah um
2: all of those um chilies olive garden um all that shit is just really nasty and disgusting now man like Applebee's, you get you got yeah, I Applebee's haven't even set one of those in a while
1: I've been to Applebee's a couple of times. Like you know, like late nights, they stay open late nights, and you know they got like yeah, half price yeah. appetizers, and so I just get the Apple cool to go I, get some like appetizers. Well, I've been this about Applebee's. Exactly.
0: They're overpriced, like all those chain restaurants are. But the food is at least edible. It's like up there. It's like a gourmet frozen dinner. It's like, it's like a gourmet TV dinner. Uh, like I can like like. <laughs> like yeah. i can it, you <laughs>
2: know, but, but cheesecake factory and, you know, that's she, what all those are no, chilies all those are like the yeah, no, cheesecake factory TV
0: is tastes worse than a, than a tv dinner to me but but yeah. it's pretending yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fancier yeah. than all the other chain restaurants like i just hate how confused it is it's the most confused place like I'd rather have a good Five Guys burger or, you know, even a good Wendy's burger than that fake fancy at a Cheesecake Factory. Like,
1: yeah. I see. Give me a Wendy's yeah, chicken. That, that's that's a yeah, database. and I see all
0: these poor guys on dates because. Yeah, me too. They're with these girls. And that's the only time I've ever ended up in Cheesecake Factory is with when I mean, I'm with a girl who's convinced that this is a fancy place to eat.
2: That's the spot to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I went there uh, the first time I went and it was long. There was it was always packed. Right. Every time we pass by, it's jam packed. This is an old town Pasadena. Yeah. Yeah. This is an old town Pasadena. And the way they have it set up down there is you, you can see inside of the place. Right. So it's it's kind of enticing you to come in and have dinner there because you can see inside everybody. You know, the energy is popping so one night, you know, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's let's go have uh, dinner at the Cheesecake Factory. So we get in there. I order my food. I got the chicken parmesan, and man, they brought this shit out to me. And like I was saying, you guys know how the, like string cheese looks like. You you peel it off, and it's like comes in like a block,
1: or yeah. with like those
2: tiny little um. Uh, um little blocks, little cylinder type blocks or whatever they have my cheese in the parmesan like that bro it was just like why why would i eat chunks of fucking cheese in my noodles and with the chicken parmesan it's just like what what is this is it just like, like something my kid would make or something Do those you know? places have chefs like and i sort of I, no, um, what somebody was no, telling me was that it's all uh, pre-made food. Yeah, I, so I, basically they take it out. They make, they it, in it, out they and make it.
0: it in labs, like 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 they, like scientists designed the dish, not <laughs> not not chefs. And I mean that like yeah. literally. There's this book <laughs> called uh, Sugar, Fat, Salt, and they have a whole bunch of oh. warehouses and oh. labs. They make the food in labs and they scientifically engineer it. Um. Yeah, oh, it's man. it's sugar fat salt by Michael Moss.
2: And did, did y'all, did y'all ever watch um Breaking Bad? I still uh, haven't watched that damn show yet. I'm so behind on shows, man. Uh,
0: Mike, do you remember when uh the Poyos the Poyos brothers were uh had that lab overseas in Germany where this guy in a white lab coat was designing the
1: I only watched it a couple. Oh, oh okay,
0: yeah. There's a fast food chain, and the headquarters. There's a corporate headquarters, and they were in Germany in a lab making um, the recipes. But mm. this book, I was like, I was like, what's up with that? And then when I read this book, that's when I realized, oh, that's actually accurate. Like oh, wow. they, yeah. For example, in New Jersey, there's this there's this area that's like kind of zoned, and there's just a bunch of warehouses with labs in them where they like got engineered this food and they have these points, right. Where they can tell, for example, um, actually the author of the book wrote an article called the extraordinary science of addictive junk food. And, um, he just talks about how there's a certain point, right. Where if you put too much fat, right. Um, they, they, study your tongue with, um, scientific instruments and they realize if you go past a certain amount of fat, you stop getting, um, a pleasurable response. Like, like there's a peak point. So they stopped the fat at that level in all the food because they didn't want to waste an ounce of unneeded fat. But with sugar, you can keep going and going and it just, um, the brain centers just keep lighting up with the same brain centers that light up when you take cocaine. So they engineered each ingredient for maximum like addictiveness and minimum waste, like not a single gram or microgram more than what is needed to, um, maximize the addictive quality of the food so this stuff isn't made with taste in mind with textures with uh craft or like an art it's just a engineered uh product then they send these things out to the restaurants so that's kind of what you were saying uh mario about how you heard it's all how you heard it's all pre-made yeah, yeah yeah they just send these things to these places and somebody just kind of nukes them or prepares them like a kind of like a blue apron thing they have a kit
2: oh wow yeah that doesn't surprise me like i said it's it's everything except for the burgers and the sandwiches with all the other stuff the featured menu that you know your enchiladas your chicken parmesan or whatever uh um, most of that stuff is is like you just described it's pre-made and like you said yeah they nuke it and serve it to you it's crazy. I don't know what the hell takes them so long. They just warm it up and bring it out. I don't know why it yeah, takes so long. People.
1: They got a lot of people to microwave um, for. You know, that microwave master, you know, he probably gonna do it.
2: two few- Yeah.
1: Then <laughs> they gotta dress it up like well, it don't even it look good yeah. on the plate when I look when I think back on it. It doesn't even
2: really look good on the plate. No, it's very mediocre. Very mediocre. You know, I, I, every time I've gone there, I've always had uh, something weird happen. Like the first time I just described it to you guys, they brung my dish out and it was like blocks of cheese inside of it. And then the second time we went, um, there was a hair in the cheesecake, like in the cheesecake, baked into the crust, like a long hair. Oh and um yeah. <laughs> And so that's when I found out that a lot of their stuff, even the cheesecake, it's all pre-made. They don't make it at you know the place. They order it and it's all shipped in. Yeah, in bulk. yeah, so, it's yeah. all it's
0: all pre-made, but they ship it in bulk, like from these labs. And I found what I found out what yeah. the word is. It's called a bliss point. That's what I, that's what it is. If you Google like bliss point, sugar, fat, salt, like you'll see what it is. But yeah, everything has um. A bliss point like you're there's a bliss point for salt, a bliss point for fat, for sugar, and they and they engineer it and they do things like have 3,000, 4,000 tastings. And they have like guys in lab coats writing down everybody's uh reactions, asking them questions, uh, looking at the brains through an MRI. God like, damn, yeah, that, really?
1: Oh, yeah, you can tell me they can't. You can't tell me they ain't hiding a cure for cancer with all that kind of that y'all kind doing that stuff?
2: much research. Oh, yeah, cool.
1: that's crazy. Come on, what's the name of the book again? You know, y'all ain't got nothing more.
0: Uh, sugar, sugar, salt, fat by um Michael Moss.
2: Wow, that's wild. Um,
0: huh? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they engineer the food. All those chains, everything, all that stuff is engineered in uh Labs. When you read this thing, it makes you not want to eat a like. They talk about supermarket brands, but if I remember correctly, there's also um, discussion of these uh, chains. Uh, So what they started doing was when they started realizing that fat has a bliss point that peaks pretty early, but sugar doesn't. That they can add a lot more sugar and keep addicting people more and more. They started adding sugar to all types of stuff that didn't used to be uh, sweet. So now so they, they add sugar, sugar to sugar pasta.
1: To mm.
0: Yeah, that's why uh, bread now has sugar in it. Yogurt has sugar in it. Pasta has pasta sauce has sugar in it. Um, yeah, yeah, they they uh start adding stuff not because of the taste, but because of the maximum um addictive qualities they can they can add to it, and that's how a lot of the so. The craft of actually making the food kind of goes by the wayside as a result. You just have a bunch of um, people in these quote-unquote kitchens on the spot whose job is just to kind of nuke the thing or slap it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, it all has that kind of generic taste to it, too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what was going on. I don't know how long this has been going on, but I do, for me, just anecdotally, Uh, The taste of like chilies and shit like that is much different than it was in the '90s. You know, unless my taste have just changed that much, I don't remember chilies being this nasty. You know, I went and yeah, yeah, and that just that that
0: food once it hits room temperature, it never comes back the same. First, it hits room temperature and it just congeals or gets weird, and you can never warm it up right again once it gets
2: cold. Yeah.
1: So, so T, are you saying that are you saying that people go to, to uh uh these restaurants because they're addicted to the food? Like the Cheesecake Factory, people are addicted literally. It's not so much the taste, it's that they're addicted to it because I'm never going back. <laughs> and if, if that's an experiment, that shit failed miserably.
2: <laughs> well, I, I think the idea is that, to that, just get that the, shit back I, to the I lab. think the idea is just to get you addicted to fast food and processed foods in general. You know what I'm saying? So rather you go to Cheesecake Factory, rather you go to Burger King or McDonald's, you're still feeding the same uh, monster, so to speak. You know what I'm saying?
0: I mean, it has to be working to a degree because these Cheesecake Factories and stuff, they're packed. even though I don't get it, yeah, they're always packed. They give you that pager and you have to go take a walk for an hour and wait for it to go off because it's just that packed. What I think it could be is you know the first time you ever try weed or something and you don't like it, but you stick with it and then you might start liking it? Or same thing when you first time you drink, you get sick, you throw up. I think this food is like that. If you normally eat good food and you just try to go in there, you'll be like, uh, you know, you feel like you're almost hungover from it. But I think if you just go there regularly, you probably... Start getting uh addicted. I think that I must be what it is. I,
2: when we go, uh it's just for coffee and cheesecake now. I don't we don't go there for lunch or dinner or anything like that anymore. When we go, it's I street. remember the Actually, cheesecake being that. good. I remember the
0: cheesecake being good.
2: Is is that still good? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the cheesecake and stuff. I,
1: know. I, didn't, I, had, I had a piece of chocolate cake with fudge icing, which was really good. Um so yeah, I could see that going for like some cake and you know, cake and ice cream, or how like you said, coffee and cheesecake. I could see doing something. I wouldn't even do that just because I feel so exhausted <laughs> though, by, you know, by the main entree. Yeah, that, that, that main entree, entree
2: is so it's so bad. There, yeah, you know what it's else terrible. is a, a place that people go to to uh, to eat and shit that I don't get? Dave and Buster's. I don't know if you guys have that where you guys are.
0: Oh, that place. Is- yeah, yeah, that place is like that place is like a chucky e. cheese for adults. I th- well, I just that's think that's exactly it's, what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like, you know, just there for the experience. The food is like below below movie theater food. It's, it's yeah, really it's bad.
2: really bad. There's one out here um, that's kind of known for janky service. Like it's been that way for years. It's just no other Dave and Busters you're gonna have this experience at. If you go to one in like Orange County or one in Long Beach or whatever you get a first rate experience in terms of service and everything like that. But there's this one in particular in my neck of the woods in a city called Arcadia. And it's kind of just known for real bad service. Like if you order something, um, they'll, they'll take forever to bring you your food. They'll bring, like if if you go with a party of say five, they'll come out with three people's food, and then two people were waiting. And then by the time they get their food, everybody's damn near done like this. shit happens on a regular basis at that place or like and they're known for the drinks being like super watered down. Um, or like if you ask for condiments, let's say you order or a burger. Yeah. yeah. Syrupy. Let's say you yeah, order a burger. Yeah. Let's say you order a burger. They'll bring you a burger and fries and then the condiments are not out there. So say you want mustard, they'll go to the kitchen to get the mustard, right? It'll and it'll take forever. Now, mind you, this place, it doesn't matter like what time of day or a night, like it doesn't matter if there's five people in there or 500, if you order anything extra, they're going to take 20 minutes to get it for you. Like now you have to wait face. and figure yeah. out Yeah, now you have to wait yeah. and
0: figure out if you're going to just eat your burger as is or wait for the slow asses right. to bring it and now you gotta eat it cold.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Like I don't give a fuck if they just open. Like they could have just opened and you go in there to sit down and you order something and they bring it. You say, Oh yeah, can I get some ketchup? They'll take twenty minutes to bring you ketchup. It's it's insane. And you can go on Yelp and type in that specific location. And just read the comments. The comments are comedy, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Um, and people still go. I,
1: you know, when we talked about this. We talked about this thing. I think did we guys, when we, were like a lot of those restaurants where they got kind of like a gimmicky thing happening, or it's, it, there's something other than the yeah, food that's yeah, the yeah. attraction. The, the, the quality of the food's gonna suffer or the service yeah, is gonna like suffer. Yeah, like any of those restaurants or, where you know,
0: just like the 50s and you sing like Doo wop songs. You know the food you know the food's gonna suck. If it's if
2: Johnny Johnny Rockets or any of that stuff. Johnny Rockets. Oh fuck, man. I don't know what happened to that place. That's another place. Used to be really good in the nineties and now it's just franchised and nasty yeah, as hell. I don't know what happened. Places.
0: The whole world's becoming a mall, but it's not even a a mall with quality control. It's becoming a mall that, you
2: know, the inmates have run the asylum. That's a, that's what the whole world's becoming I like that. I like that. The whole world is becoming a mall. It's that's a, exactly it's a giant
0: mall like if you go to Union yeah. Square in Manhattan now, all the restaurants there are just basically like chain restaurants now. And you know, that's like downtown Manhattan. Like you're paying like four thousand dollar rent to go eat at uh uh tgi fridays or some shit like it's it's just
2: it's just nuts yeah that's those are everywhere those are those are everywhere and then like out here i don't know how it is out there but like out here there's just, like subway everywhere oh yeah yeah refresh like, my like, ass yeah dude. yeah oh man that shit is God we have
0: awful. a chain we have they, a chain they're here they're yeah, yeah, we have a chain here i don't know if it's outside of new york but it's called dallas it's, it's called been dallas been bbq subway. And Dallas BBQ is is hot garbage, but this was the hood the hood place to eat, like uh, especially after the club, like you would get tempura, like they couldn't even get American food right. It's one of the spots that had the audacity to try to go international. You know, kind of like how Mike was saying about the enchilada, the the enchilada. Like they had they had tempura, and uh, we got some tempura vegetables. The tempura came out. And it's my first time having tempura, like, you know, when I was a kid. And I was like, wow, tempura sucks. I didn't know that. They just didn't know how to make it. And uh, tempura, right. that tempura had bald spots on it. So oh, so the batter wouldn't consistently <laughs> cover the vegetables. It was it had like alopecia, the food had alopecia. It was bald <laughs> spots all over it. <laughs> Hot mess. And then that, that barbecue chicken. And I didn't know. That barbecue oh, meant I didn't know barbecue <laughs> meant that you smoked the meat because they just just fried shit and just put globs of barbecue sauce on it. You know, so I, I thought that was barbecue. Yeah.
1: Hey, we got a place. We got a place that's um that's called Golden Chicken here. That this what they do? They fried the yeah, chicken. and, and
0: that's not barbecue. Like like now that I'm older and I know, but the thing that's weird is now there's real barbecue in New York. And now New York actually has, like, multiple good barbecue locations, but Dallas BBQ still exists for the hood. It's still out there going strong mm. and expanding. And even in, like, upscale, gentrified parts of Brooklyn, they'll still have – BB Dallas, and the food is just hot garbage, man. You go to the Yelp ratings, the, the Yelp – like, I just looked it up now. Dallas BBQ, three stars, two-and-a-half stars, three stars – Three stars. I don't think I've seen one above three stars, but they keep expanding. I don't know who likes them.
2: It's it's like uh, rallies. You guys have no, we don't there? have that in here. You guys have that out there? Uh, oh, yeah, checkers. checkers is same checkers is like thing, thing, you know? thing, right? They're either checkers or rallies. That shit is hot garbage, but they're everywhere. I don't understand it. There's
0: one good thing Dallas BBQ has inexplicably, inexplicably is rice. They have a slamming rice. I don't know if they made it by accident. Rice? I don't know. Like the rice is better than the actual meat, the food, anything. They just have good rice. That's the only thing. But who's gonna go somewhere just to eat rice? Like, hey, give me a mountain of rice. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Man, I mean, yeah, yeah, come on, me. Come on,
1: like, like...
2: let's go. Let's go and get some <laughs> yeah, rice. Yeah, Fuck yeah.
1: yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, <Thinking laughs> but the rice. Is yeah, yeah. just <laughs>
0: yellow rice with scallions. I don't know if they sprinkle cocaine in it or something, but. That rice is good. Then that's then that's good. That's all they got.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So they add they add some stuff into the rice. They get scallions or no? Or shrimp it's just like yellow
0: rice with scallions. That's all. That, that that's oh, why I can't man. understand why it's so, why it's so good. Oh, yeah, because it's not even anything fancy. It's not like a paella or something where you got like fifty What's ingredients. You, it's just yellow rice. With scallion scattered in it, and they gotta
1: put some saffron or some jasmine or something in there.
0: I th- I think it's cocaine, yeah, because they're, something's in there. This wow. the sprinkling, sprinkling, something. <laughs> but uh, yeah. What about the Colin Kaepernick thing? Because I'm I'm getting sick to my stomach wow. talking about all this bad food. Yeah,
1: poke
2: Yeah, we we'll just be- <laughs> put it down. What's going on now? Um, I. I know your thread the other day. You know, I don't know how I ended up missing that thread, but um, you talked about how the protests were basically yeah. going to be co-opted and become watered down, and then the next day, uh, Donald Trump tweets out something. And you touched on it earlier today. You want to um, go into what that was all about? Because I had actually missed. Yeah, that, you know, so it was, it was it, funny. It looked because like it was a good I... thread mentioned
0: it yesterday and it's almost like Donald Trump was like let me help him out because he said exactly what I what I said and it, it was like almost like comical like if I saw it on TV I'd be like get the fuck out of here that, that, nothing happens that, conven- that conveniently but he he totally yeah. said what I said which is I don't, I don't have to thread it.
2: Champagne yeah champagne
0: psychics. psychics Uh, what I said was that there you go the protest that these people protesting, they're not protesting out of, um, caring about what it's actually originally about, about caring about Kaepernick, caring about, um, the state violence against police, because they could have been doing this all along. If that's what they, uh, cared about, because he started this under Obama or whatever. What really has got them, uh, Pissed off is that Trump uh, tweeted about it, and Trump said he hated it. So now you have a lot of these hashtag resistance, white liberal, uh, Hillary Clinton type fans um, jumping on it because it's a way to thumb their nose at uh, Trump. Yeah, I found the I found the original thread that I made. So let me. Yeah, like what I'm saying is we have to differentiate between when people are fighting white supremacy as part of team centrist white lib versus when they're fighting white supremacy as part of uh team black and what ha- what happened is with the uh, with Kampernick and everything he was out there he was kneeling he was protesting or whatever but when he was saying, he was first of all, he started under Obama, so this wasn't a partisan issue for him. It wasn't like he stayed quiet and then when the Republican came, then he started talking, which is what a lot of these people do. They give the liberals pass, passes, and then they act like the problem was just invented once the Republican comes in office. He wasn't doing that, but then he started even going further. He was saying stuff like it didn't really matter to me if Trump or Clinton won. Um because neither of them were doing anything neither of them promised to do anything to help black people getting killed by police one way or the other so what do i care and then he also said uh that he wasn't going to vote because both of them are basically as bad as the other as far as offering to help people and he doubled down because after trump won a lot of like the liberal journalists and everybody came at him and they're like, Now nah, do you regret it? And he's like, Nope, I still don't regret it. You know, black people aren't getting helped either way. So it became really cool to uh kind of bash him. A lot of liberals were like waving their fingers at him and getting mad and saying, you know, fuck you, Cap, this is your fault.
1: I mean first you of all it makes you look- have a right to protest. You don't have a right to protest if you didn't vote.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were saying that and first of all, he, he lives in California. It's not; it's like his vote made a difference. But even if he was in a swing state and his vote could have made a difference, his point is neither side helps. So, so suddenly for all these people to now make it about, um, oh, it's time to kneel because we got to stick it to Donald Trump. You know, these same type of liberals. It's very disingenuous, and it kind of ruins what. Uh, his original point was,
2: you know? Yeah. And this thing is taking on a life of itself. It, <laughs> interestingly enough, Colin Kaepernick is damn near a, 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 a side story now. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like. Has he even given a statement? No. I haven't seen the it, statement. They're, in, they're talking to everybody but him. It's so fucking crazy because everybody's kneeling now. Even the owners are coming out kneeling, but they won't give the guy a job it's just like well, what 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 part of the game is this where the person is blackballed yeah. but you take up his cause anyway it's like what what and i don't get it because
1: they're phony they're, they're only doing it because you know trump blew up their spot he he revealed to you know he basically confirmed what we already knew in that in fact Kaepernick was being blackballed. Yeah, um, that's
0: why the owners are jumping yeah. on it. Yeah, because everyone's doing it for a different reason. The liberals are doing it because they just like the idea of thumbing their nose at Trump. But I get what you're saying, Mike. You're talking about the team owners are only doing it because Trump blew up the spot. Blew
1: well, up the spot. You know, and they're like, "Damn, man, we just they they want to put their fingers in. The lip. Like, shh, Trump, why you doing?" This? So now they get now they're forced to kind of. Pretend like no, we stand in solidarity with our, yeah, with you know, but and you know, now they changed the narrative to be like, hey, we're, we're gonna stand united against Trump on this issue. Like when Trump was never the uh, center of, yeah, this issue, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, Kaepernick had a specific reason why he was doing what he was doing, and some of the other guys that followed along, you know, they agree with that, but now it's just like you said, and like you uh, rightly predicted, the, the whole. Focus of this thing now is uh, going against Donald Trump, and and you won't hear you, you won't probably see them going to talk to Kaepernick for anything now. It'll be just yeah, are gonna talk to Yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Somehow it's probably gonna turn into a a, Clinton, a Hillary Clinton thing. And you know it's interesting. A lot of people are just putting take a knee and adding it to different causes. Like uh, like let's take a knee to uh help DACA oh, to help man. DACA, or let's take a knee. For healthcare and it's like, okay, now it's just become like, like a dab. Like, you
2: know. So it's a pop culture for yeah. now, like it's the Macarena or some yeah. shit. Yeah. You know? And
0: <laughs> and one thing that I think the NFL owners are trying to do, it was very clear that they were doing a retribution against Kaepernick for protesting. Uh, especially all these more garbage players who were able to find teams and contracts. But the power of it came from the plausible deniability. They were getting off on the game. Yeah. The game of pretending that, hey, it's really about his skills. It's really about his character, whatever. It's not about that. And with Donald Trump in his big mouth, just blowing it right open, like saying, hey, let's we should fire more people for protesting and stuff. They're like, oh, dude, we were, you know... It's kind of like you're in the club and you're making headway with a girl and you're like, oh, man, I think I might have this uh, locked up. And then your dumb friend shows up and he's like, he gets whispering in your ear, but he but he can't whisper because he's drunk. And he's like, yo, dude, I think you got to hit it, you know, so she can hear it. And you're like, oh, you <laughs> dumb, you
1: dumb ass. fuck." <laughs>
0: That's what the NFL owners were like. They were like, "Dude, we had this going. We had the, we were, you know, about to shut him down, and you had to go and just blow up our spot and make it make the subtext text." And that's what Trump does. He can't do subtext.
1: And and you know, I think another one of the another thing is is that you know I think they were really they're really scared that this thing is going to spiral out of control. And it seems like yeah, it was gonna end my, that way. And they and they're yeah, just trying to they're trying to do whatever they can do to put this or at least control the blaze. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and they can't put the blaze yeah. out. They can try to control it. I think if you guys I don't know if you guys uh watched the game tonight, uh the Cowboys and Arizona Cardinals played. And uh uh previous to this, uh there's been conjecture. I don't know if it's ever been confirmed, but that uh Jerry Jones, the team owner, was uh, emphatic that nobody participated in any type of protest, kneeling. You're going to stand for the flag. You're going to stand for the anthem. You're going to put your hand over your freaking heart, or you're going to be off my team. And and that's that's been the rumor. But uh, today, before the game, what they all did, even including Jerry Jones, they were down there before the national anthem, and everybody took a knee and whatever, whatever. And then... When the national anthem, they proceed to get up and stand for the national anthem. Now, which, now, which really kind of defeats the purpose almost. But oh, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. Go, what's man? the point of
0: kneeling if you're going to stand when the anthem comes on? It's just like a total fuckery now. It doesn't even make any sense.
1: Well, yeah. That's kind of what I was saying with. Oh, was oh. That they're trying to control the plays, yeah. you know?
2: Oh, wow. Well, so that's going to get totally lost, homie. That's going to get lost. The fact that they kneeled prior to the anthem playing and then stood up for the anthem like business as usual, that's going to get lost in that narrative. It's, it's going to be portrayed as though they were kneeling. For and the also, anthem. what's damn? So that's kind of like a win-win. And also, them. what's
0: the point of um, all? What's the point of all this kneeling if you're not saying, "Yeah, we're kneeling because we're sick of the states of state-sanctioned legal execution of black people." By the people hire, they're right. not saying that. So it's like you're just kneeling and then um people aren't saying you know, they're kneeling against Trump or they're saying something else, they're saying free speech. So it just becomes like, you know, on par with um sticking up for a stand up comedian or sticking up with sticking up for an offensive shock jock, like you know, you we reduce it the free speech. No, it's not about free speech.
1: Why is, it, yeah, why is the criminals are good at that? They're good at changing the narrative yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. It's just like Because okay, it's now. actually become it's become whatever you want it because whatever yeah, you want ahead, to Mike. be. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Oh no, I was I was just saying, like, you know, how initially, you know, uh Kaepernick was very clear why he was doing what he was doing, but then it became a, a flag issue and veterans issue and military. It was like
2: he never said anything about either of those. You know, well, the he never first that. thing that they did, the first thing they did was make it about him all right not the message they made it about the messenger they made it about colin kaepernick that was the first stage of it then it was the flag deflection and the disrespecting of the veterans and this that and the other so it's this is um, that's what's
0: fascinating about them go ahead is uh it's kind of like wrestling and i think uh the honor of the word is kayfabe or kayfab i don't know how you pronounce it but it's a kind of
1: I think you were right the first way. Uh, babe, yeah, e-
0: either way, the idea that is very performative, both sides, one side is the face, one side is the heel, and they both kind of work together to create a very staged conflict, but afterwards, you know, they, they shake hands, they eat lunch together, and you know, ride the bus together and stuff, and liberal white supremacists and conservative white supremacists this is a perfect example of they both seem to be on the opposite side, but they're both doing the same thing and what they're both doing is both sides are making it about something else the liberal white supremacists have turned it into free speech anti-trump um diversity um and 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 you know what else that the liberal white supremacists have done they've even the ones who have made it about race they've trivialized it into interpersonal Individual stuff, like you know, like uh, they said, uh, it's a stand against discrimination. It's a stand against um, racism. It's a stand against um, hate. You know, vague stuff. Like, what does what does hate mean? Like, hate could be anything. I could hate Brussels sprouts, you know, but 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 uh, the Brussels sprout farmer is not gonna shoot me down the street. Like, it's specifically about systems. It's about systemic oppression that's sanctioned by the state that allows not only police but even self-deputized civilians with a hard-on to kill black people like Zimmerman to get you know honorary um, immunity that usually goes to cops like like even Zimmerman was, was a neighborhood watch guy it's so state sanctioned even he can get they didn't even bother to arrest Zimmerman when he first kill Trayvon they just questioned him and let him go it caught they needed protest to even get him arrested it's a very specific thing and they're making it seem like hate uh discrimination so like hey if uh a cab driver doesn't want to pick you up or if uh someone says something mean to you like are you taking a knee for a microaggression like how trivial are you willing to uh make it like maybe you're taking a knee because uh there's not enough black superheroes in justice league or there needs to be a new uh black harry potter like harry potter wizard it can get that trivial so that's what the liberal white supremacists are doing (laughs) then on the conservative side the conservative white supremacists are bringing up stuff like um this is what trump said today uh trump tweeted the issue of kneeling has nothing to do with race and he said it's about respect for our country Flag and national anthem, NFL must respect this. So now on the conservative side, they've changed the topic to veterans, the country. They changed it to the flag, to the national anthem, like
1: it's patriotism. Um, it's it's you know a, a patriotism. You know somebody so, had no a, ar- so
2: even the, some some somebody had. continued to I would just somebody had a good counter to that though when they said it's not about. Um, I don't stand for the flag. I st- or it was something about it was. They differentiated between the flag and the Constitution, and I thought that was a very good point that the oh, person gee, I made. think I
1: did read that one too. Uh, he, yeah, I think I did read that one too. He was saying um, that Pete, that that the that the soldiers they didn't they didn't fight for the flag and swear allegiance to the flag. They swore allegiance to the, the constitution. constitution.
2: Right and, there, you go. Yeah. And I thought that was and, a. And that's, yeah. Oh, that's a great and point.
1: Are protecting their their constitutional rights being violated with mm-hmm. uh with uh, with state permission, or right?
0: And these culture warriors yeah, on both sides, yeah, these culture warriors on both sides are so optics obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like they actually really think yeah. that the visual, of the flag, like, hey, I hate that color scheme. It clashes with my uniform. You know, the red is too bright. I'm taking a stand against this flag, or. You know, the, this national anthem, the chorus sucks. You know, the bridge is too long. I think it should be... Like, like he actually doesn't like the song itself or something. Right like, yeah. you know, it's so to... Well, so stu- and the, the truth veterans truth thing is the, is the, the weirdest truth thing truth. of yeah. all. Yeah. Because how did the veterans even get in there? Like, so it's not just, even a military song, is it?
1: You know, that's their favorite thing to do, though. It's like any, you know, they they, people, they love to put the veterans out front yeah. to, to, to camouflage their... Well, it's about respect. You know, they don't give a shit about the veterans. You see, right. you, you see the shape of the Veterans Administration right now. You, they talk about the homeless vets on the street, in, in the, in the, you know, the lack of. It's, they talk about the uh, veterans' uh, spouses and families who are on welfare while their family you know, their family member is deployed and all this. You know, they don't care. They just use that as a mask. Work,
0: has anyone even worked in 9-11 yet? I'm surprised someone hasn't thrown in 9-11 too. Like, you know, he, he's taking a knee against
1: 9-11. They How dare they take a knee on or, or 9-11? Because or wasn't that a Thursday or something like that? Was oh, that oh. They, uh, they,
0: they, I should have known that they would work
2: 9-11 to it. Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me at all. They've almost kind of like like deified the flag in a sense,
0: you know. Yeah, as as the symbol. Yeah,
1: uh,
0: that's one thing we were talking about how white, how black people get too caught up in symbols, but white supremacists are very big in symbols too. Man, they get really absolutely their symbols take on a life of their their own
1: and. I think with good reason, though, for the, on their on their on their side of it. You know, what I mean. yeah, I think for, for good reason that they're really attached to the symbols, because I think they understand better than a lot of other people that once you start erasing some of that stuff, it's it, I mean, it's the it's the attitudes of the people that are, you know, people are being like with these statues and whatnot. People are starting to think, well, you know what? This is garbage. And then, you know, Trump even got up. and was like, well, what's next? Jefferson, Washington. And a lot of people are like, yeah, why not? You know, and it, it, they can really see the they can really see the downfall coming after that. You know, because it's 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 yeah. more than it's a symbol, but there's more behind it. You know what I mean? And people mm. are, you know, we're not they're not going to stop. They didn't stop. They didn't stop with the Confederate flags. They didn't. They're not going to stop with the monuments. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's not going to stop until we get some you know some type of justice around. Here. I mean. You know, yeah. these symbols are symbols of injustice. just to
0: review what we said so far so we have liberals who have just made this into some hashtag resistance NPR tote bag shit like it's probably gonna be kneeling people appearing on tote bags and you know some kind of Hillary shit some stand against Trump uh, DACA immigrants against quote unquote hate meanwhile the right has turned it into like against the flag against the veterans against uh the national anthem he he's a musical critic he hates music you know it's it's uh, about the country meanwhile the owners are into it because they're all about hey we don't want you to blow up our spot you know these are our slaves you don't whip our slaves
1: <laughs>
0: yeah we these are our slaves
1: basically that's serious though it's like you know because trump was basically hey Get your niggas in order. Yeah, yeah. You? He's on game. mean? We can't call him that right now. You know, it's a it's a precarious situation. We can't call yeah, him yeah. like that. got
0: to you, get your niggas in Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take the whip from you and show you how to whip him. Like, you know, you're not whipping him right. It's kind of like 12 years a slave when when uh, uh Michael Fastburn there to take the whip away. Because he's like, listen, this is how you whip a slave. <laughs> I don't like how you're whipping them. You're like man, y'all being y'all a little crazy. soft on him. <laughs> and you know, and the other thing, there's a book called Forty Million Dollar Slaves, and it's about how um basically uh it's a plantation and it's like a gilded cage, like forty million dollar slaves, and the forty million dollar part is to help take your mind out the fact that you're a slave. So the final ingredient is I think the reason all these players who had plenty of chances to kneel with him before from the Obama days to now, they have plenty of time. They're kneeling now because they don't like Trump reminding them that they're slaves. Like he's reminded them that they're paid flunkies
1: yeah. instead yeah. of
0: stars. You know, hey,
1: so their pride is so yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, it's, yeah, it's not. They it don't give a damn about the cause. It's about their ego. And yeah, pride. yeah,
0: yeah. A lot of these players now jumping on it about the ego. They're like, uh, hey, this white guy who doesn't even on the team is admonishing our team owners to uh, fire us. Like we're just like um, paid flunkies or slaves. And that's a little blow to the ego because they like to, you know, swim in white women swimming, money swimming, bottle service. And, you know, think that they're gods and
1: they think they're on that same level. And he just let them know that, Hey, you no, know, we're up here. You're down there. You're supposed to do what we say and be happy yeah. about it. And we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to put a little extra gilding on yeah, your Yeah, exactly.
0: Page. Ex- exactly. And I think because once you see Ray Lewis out there, that's what he's out there for. Like, you know, he yeah. doesn't cuz oh, why would he be God. out there after all the shit he's talked? What is different? What is exactly. different on that day that makes Ray Lewis out there? And he's out there because he doesn't want to be reminded for the rest of them that he's a slave. That's what he's locked out there for.
1: Basically, yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think, you know, I think the owner asked him to be out there. They still think Ray Lewis has some type of cachet well, in the black community. Yeah, he, he doesn't. Nobody's checking for this should. guy. You're done. You, you cools your way out of relevance for us. And, and you still kind of low key thumbed you know, I his I
0: nose at it because if you notice, he went down on both knees, not one.
1: Yeah, that was weird. I think I he did it on either. purpose. I, 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 I think, think it was his was way about.
0: to say, "Hey, I'm kind of here." You know, I'm kind of not really respecting it.
1: I'm on both my knees. I'm exactly. praying, to Jesus. Y'all, exactly. Y'all, y'all yeah, ungrateful, well. ungrateful Negroes is out here disrespecting <laughs> and disrupting these good white folks' <laughs> entertainment. How there you? Yeah. The I think
2: he was. I, oh, I, I think he's being passive aggressive. Like when, like when he's trying to maintain some type. Of, he's trying to maintain some type of voice and presence within that. The organization amongst the players yeah. because he sees the shift happening now you know what i'm saying uh, the fraternity is is leaving him behind and he wants to remain a voice within that organization with those players so he's this is him kind of in a sense capitulating he's he, he's now, i don't he's know capitulating,
0: if it's, but he's capitulating passive aggressively. Like, like he's like you know it's kind of like
1: under, yeah under test He's gonna do it, but it's under pro-check. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. You know, it's like how when your mom tells you, you know, clean up your room, and you're gonna do it, but you do it like loudly. Yeah, you do it
0: loudly, or you You, just think, you do it half assed I think that's why he went on both knees. He's like, yeah, you know what? I see which way it's going, but I'm still gonna find a passive-aggressive way to thumb my nose at it. So I'm going on both knees, and then if anyone asks me, I'll say, well, I was kind of kneeling to God.
2: Yeah, yeah. Both knees signals defeat or it signal submission. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It, there's because no prayer, it's submission. That's yeah. d- right. That's exactly right. So
1: you know, I don't know. Um, another ahead, thing Mike. that's come out of this thing that bothers me. You know what I mean? Another thing that bothers me is is this this line that that a lot of the uh, uh, the, the conservative types are throwing out the uh, oh this this ungrateful black guy, another ungrateful black millionaire, you know, and I was like, who, to whom should he be grateful? You know what I mean? We, everything we have in this country, the little that we do have is is earned and we don't have everything that we have earned because it was stolen from us. And we don't owe you, you guys owe us some gratitude, you know? So y'all can miss me with that. ungrateful shit. And I, and I wish people would really call people out on that and check, you know, especially when they on TV and talk about it's really... Even Trump said that they were unra- I, Like, who... You We don't owe you motherfucking shit. And I hate shit. that they
0: act like it's a. I hate they act like to- it's <laughs> a gift. Like, these are just some useless people that, you know, they just threw some money at. I mean, they need these people. They... I mean, they weren't bringing black people into the NFL because they loved them so much. It's because they were outperforming and they needed the edge. Like, it's a equal fucking exchange. You're paying them that because
1: that's a true meritocracy. Yeah. Me. You know
0: yeah. This, is, this isn't this isn't charity. This isn't charity because the minute you stop performing, the minute you uh, are not good, they will cut you. As soon as your contract is up or they they will trade you. Like so so stop acting like you're doing something, you know, for these people's benefit like
2: yeah, yeah. and then the NFL is a complete mercenary league. They will they will get you could play and be be loyal to that to an organization for a long period of time. They will get your ass up out of there so fast. Yep, yep, and forget and, you were ever yep. there. And I know this kind of
1: this is kind of like you know like that point you just made, T. As far as like you know, it, it seems like everybody in America has developed this attitude that the workers owe the employees. A debt of gratitude for hiring us when it's when it's uh, you know and that's bigger and that's bigger than you know yeah. I, it's, I guess it's kind of it's kind of a digression into a, yes, a, you know, that's, a bigger than, topic that's bigger than that's bigger than black of,
0: people you're absolutely right. right there's a giant Stockholm syndrome that we have with uh, employers right now like jobs are a gift
1: yeah exactly well they got this place called Foxconn and they build like uh, liquid crystal displays for your iPhones and whatnot and they're building this they're going to be building this huge Plant here in Wisconsin, uh, here in Racine, as a matter of fact. And, uh, they're getting like a, I think a $5 billion tax break package, and, you know, which was the incentive for them to build it here as opposed to elsewhere. And it's just like, you know, well, you know, people are like, you know, they use the infrastructure, they use the roads, they use the electricity, they use the water. You know, we pay taxes for this infrastructure. Why shouldn't Well, they're bringing jobs. The cult of the job creator. You know, well, we're working the jobs
2: yeah you're absolutely right it's the same we having the same issue out here with disneyland they uh they've been getting in their ass the last few weeks uh because you know big story just came out that they haven't been paying their fair share of taxes out here in in, uh anaheim out here where they're located in southern california so it's the same type of thing there's this there's this weird um I don't know what to call it, but there's this weird exception in our heads that we make for large corporations and owners and shit like that to where we allow them to kind of skirt past the rules and, and that we all have to abide by every day, you know, and, and it's the same thing in a lot of different walks of business. Oh yeah. Excuse me. Exactly, man. Oh, man. Yeah. You
1: know, a great they, point, people, man. people, people give up a lot of, uh, a lot of authority and a lot of power to these corporations that the government is not even afforded, you know? And I always, I, you know, I always thought about that. It's like people like, yeah, you know, freedom of speech. Well, that doesn't mean we have to employ you. I mean, but if you work for the government, they can't fire you for your, you know, your speech or whatever. So why should a, a corporation have more authority over you? Like the government can't come to your house and demand you take a piss test, you know, but your, your, your job can demand that you go to, uh, you know, take a piss test randomly. I'll tell Girl, you exactly where yeah
0: I'll tell you exactly where I think this came from I think it came from a lot of white people uh, believing their own hype and I think what happened is like a lot of people white white people don't realize for how long that most white people were kind of fucked up in the game you know um and it kind of peaked at the Great depression where there was this widespread Whatever, and then, after World War two, the boom after World War two they had the baby boomers, and there's this book on uh, when affirmative action was white, and it just talks about how the white middle class was basically
1: yeah up
0: by the government they um you know created suburbs to help enable the white flight so that they could leave the cities and get away from the niggers. They they uh, had the GI Bill, like, hey, you fought in the war, you can get free college, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a boom in jobs and industry. So, you know, get your factory job. And with, with the high school education, you can afford a house that you can pass on to your kids. Like the government created a lot of wealth um, that was unprecedented. It wasn't they basically created a white middle class that is passing on wealth to this day it's starting to decline again which is what scary it,
1: but i think um, but not by creating it but i think by redistributing it
0: yes, from yes yes thank you you're right
1: towards you know what i mean I'm yeah yeah because, yeah because well, you it was can't
2: artificially
0: it. yeah you can't create something out of nothing everything has right. to come from somewhere you're absolutely right you you're,
2: you're it was right artificially See, propped up
0: Yeah. See, even I was buying the myth, even as I'm trying to uh, speak against it. It's so uh, ingrained, and and I think you know, with a lot of these people from the Eisenhower era on, you know, part of that deal of shitting on blacks is to sell this bootstraps myth, to sell this American exceptionalism. Hey, you suck because you're lazy. You suck because you're defective. You suck because you're pathological. They really start believing that. All they have to do is just um, show up to work. The boss is going to take care of them because they're such good workers, because they deserve it. They really started believing they deserved all this stuff, that it was natural. And I always talk about the arrogance of dismissal. What they do to you, they test drive it on niggers first. You know? Now you're becoming a nigger. Now they're phasing you out. And all that stuff that you told black people like hey just work hard and your boss will take care of you um this whatever now now is backfiring on you and but they believed in their myth too long so they're still sticking with it they're still sticking with yeah, this idea exactly. you, you your job as a right to do, to do that yeah you thought that because you thought your job was your dad you thought your job was your friend mm
1: crazy yeah, I was yeah, reading a tweet from a lady one day and uh, she said uh you know Donald Trump could do a, a great job you know if, if 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 you know the plutocrats would just the the, Pluto, the plutocrats behind the behind the scenes would just let him do you know what he needs to do and I'm like who, you know she didn't <laughs> even think like who, we're talking about Donald Trump he he is a plutocrat that just happens to be the president. You know what's funny. I mean,
2: they said the same thing about Barack Obama, his people. Well, he can't do anything because they won't let him. If they would just, if we would all come together as one country and they would get behind him and let him do what he needs to do, everything would be great. It's just like, oh wow. So you know, to hear that with this too, you know, it's really a a scary thing about how people use the word oligarch, oligarch.
0: Okay. to to add to what uh mike said too it's funny because i think in a way these people these reactionaries in a way were happy they had a cognitive dissonance they were happy that trump won because they got to laugh at the liberals and you know i don't want to say i sympathize with them in any way but liberals are kind of annoying it is kind of fun to see them uh get that bent up about anything, you know, not saying that I'm happy Trump won, but they, they can be very smug. I, I get the smugness, but they like, they like, like how Red Sox fans were before Red Sox started winning. They got kind of off on the pain. Like they like being held Ooh. down and reacting, reacting to something. They like being on top and acting like they're on the bottom. So now that they're clearly on top and winning, they don't know who to say because I think a lot of them are ready to say, Oh, the liberals got us, the elites got us. Like, oh, wait, holy shit, we won. We're actually uh defending our title now. We're actually on top. So now they're just looking for new people to create. And I think that's where the media is coming. You notice now they're all about, Oh, the media and Trump, the media and Trump. So I think that lady with the plutocrats. You know, she's still on the old playbook. Like, like it doesn't matter who it is; they just need somebody. Yeah. They need to be underdogs. They're they get so mm. off on it. They they have oppression envy. They're strangely like that's,
2: that's that's contagious right now. That oppression envy. That mm-hmm. that that a lot of people are catching that that uh, that issue right now. You know, uh, a lot of uh, white supremacist types are are saying that whites are oppressed and. Um, the alt writers and, and people of that sort. And then you have, you know, the issues going on with us, uh, black men versus black women. And we're playing the and, oppression Olympics with each other.
0: Yeah. And a lot of this uh, simplified intersectionality, this intersectional light that's kind of yeah. came across through Tumblr, they're just treating oppressed identities as like an adding game. You know, they're just like, hey, uh, how many have you collected? Uh, well, I have black it's like well i have black and gay well i have black gay and and disabled i like it. and disabled oh fuck well hey i have black gay disabled and i'm a geek because because now they've made animal woman you know? yeah yeah and i'm a woman i have five because now they made geek into an oppressed identity somehow i don't know how that happened so so you know i'm i'm a blurred lesbian disabled uh trans gamer and yeah. and you know I deserve it all.
2: <laughs> man, man, man. Yeah, they, man. It, we're laughing, that but they—that's real spit, though. They—they, they, they, this is crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gamers, uh, gamers, have become a Which one?
1: What's her, what's her name? Uh, uh, Gotham Girl Blue. Uh, the one she was on. She was on the. She was on the. She was on the Breakfast Club. She's doing a comic now. Oh, somebody was on the oh. Breakfast Club. Oh, she was on the Breakfast Club like a month ago. I know what you're talking about she
0: was a she was a black nerd who was on the Breakfast Club and it was one of their worst um interviews. It was about as yeah, it was about as bad as Gotham Girl Blue on um I, I gotta
2: listen. I got to listen to that Harmontown interview. With yeah yeah but, but, but this, was, ahead, this wasn't
0: Harmontown. This was the black version of the same debacle, The Breakfast Club, decided oh, yeah. to it yeah, was The horrible. Breakfast Club yeah. decided to do what Harmontown did, which was invite a blurred on
1: Tina Howard. Huh? Sheena oh, Sheena right. Howard. Sheena Howard. Yeah. Oh.
0: They got one of they got one of those uh blurbs from Twitter to come on their show and just like Gotham Girl Blue on Harmontown, Town they brought her on and she was just very one on one elementary ridiculous and the the commenters were like where did you find this this moron
1: she didn't know anything about the subject she's 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 doing a comic book now and I, the reason i mentioned it was because of what uh what uh, you guys were talking about as far as like oh i'm a blurred disabled nerd you know nerd whatever and like the main characters is as, as a as a young black girl and um an autistic white kid in a wheelchair that uh his superpower is being able to make people shut up. <laughs> and okay. I, yeah it was just, yeah, I don't know why I just <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think me. and I I'm think, think I'm not making fun of this. I think being able being able, like, oh, no, no, being
0: no, able no. to shut up was meant to be like some kind of um allegory or something like maybe it's meant to um represent like people doing microaggressions and he could shut them up like i think there was some kind of uh tumblr-esque symbolism behind his power being able to make people shut up but yeah he was pretty he was pretty terrible and um they tried to make the best out of the interview but 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 you could tell they were kind of like holy crap what
1: like Charlemagne gave up after a minute he gave up he tried to you know like because I, I don't know what his background is, but he seemed to know a lot about, you know, at least he knows more about him than me, and he definitely knew more about him than her. Comics and the history of comics and DC, Marvel, and what What's funny know, was funny wow. was she, she didn't even know about comic books. She, she even brought up like she didn't know anything about any of them. <laughs> wow, she didn't know. She didn't know any. You know, when they started the show, I think she said her claim to fame was she won a uh, some type of award that's popular. Amongst you know, comic books is like one of those It's called the, it's called the Eisner
0: was, It's called the Eisner you know, Awards, but Mike she is. won it in some kind of weird, mm-hmm. inconsequential uh Okay
1: Off category, like it wasn't like for writing it wasn't for like drawing it wasn't for any of that, it was for some, like I think editing and, or something she, like that I don't even remember ed- what it
0: was, bit, was It wasn't even editing, because editing is an no important award knowledge. It was something like very minor and, and she learned yeah, and I she learned about comic books like in her like Last year of college or something, she made it like her or PhD, like like she made it her dissertation or something. Like it wasn't even like she 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 grew up as a blur. She just
1: yeah, yeah. But she didn't she didn't learn about him because she didn't know anything about him. Well, the new
2: even then like the new uh the new comic book fan or the new blurred people a lot of these people they they actually don't read the comics they actually came in through the marvel movies and the dc shows and shit like that that's
1: what it was a lot that's of, what it wasn't yeah
2: yeah that's yeah. what it was yeah
1: because she referenced okay, she Vic. referenced um she referenced uh yeah i'm all i'm all about the uh the uh, uh damn what what did she but it was like a you know that's not even that wasn't the comic. That was the movie that just recently. Um, i um,
0: was that? But uh, wonder, wonder, wonder no, sure I think learn. it was one of the Marvel ones. I think. I think
1: the. I think she mentioned like Luke Cage. I think she like mentioned. But, Luke but she Cage. mentioned the yeah. TV show, so, not like, like, the
0: comic book. Like she didn't know anything about the comic uh, version, and I think they liked the visual stuff
1: and she was talking about what's that one that's coming out next year
0: no no no, no i think it was black panther she was talking yeah. about because all the blurbs yeah. are into yeah. um, black panther right now and that trailer was hot and as and as like all the stars yeah, they don't read
2: it. the material they don't read the original material a lot of these people are coming well, like, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. from the tv shows and the movies
0: yeah so, I, I think, yeah, I think they just like it i think they just like it because yeah, fine, it but... is able to make gifs out of really easy because they just want reacting gifs to just tweet at people when it They kind of like so they kind of like yeah. the gifs, you know, and won't well, really uh, read it. But she was pre, she was really terrible. But she went up there, and all she wanted to talk about was uh, gay this and gay that, and like like to tie it back to the oppression envy. And I think a lot of them are hopping on this nerd trend because a lot of geeks and nerds have turned. Being a geek into um, a simulated oppressed identity, gamers too. I noticed like gamers, I don't know when it started, but gamers, uh, Man. Ah, yeah, gamers. yeah, they really think like they're, um, the Jews in Egypt or the black people in slavery, like they they really think they're an oppressed <laughs> class.
2: It's really crazy. And, uh, well, you know, yeah. So, Gamers in general—that's that, one of the worst fan bases of any pastime or hobby that you can imagine. Like gamers are just—that—that is really a terrible group yeah, people yeah. for the most part. And these part, black man, social it,
0: justice warrior gamers, like they just want to uh, collect oppressed identities. And I think you know they're—they're they're just taking every single one. And this woman in the interview that Mike's talking about, she just had she had lesbian, she had black, she had women and she had geek, so she just went up there to just talk some social justice warrior stuff, and she was losing the audience, she was losing the interviewers, and of course, in the replies, a bunch of people are like, wow, this is why black women don't speak out. Everyone's against them, because no, she's just boring and doesn't know the one thing she came on to talk about, which is (laughs) comics. She talked about everything but comics.
2: Remember, we were talking about a a while back about how people don't really uh, understand fully what they believe or when when, so when they are pressed about it. or when they were even asked to articulate it, you know, it's just like, uh, Oh, well they get hoof and mouth all of a sudden they don't know what to say or do because they haven't really thought it out deeply enough to be able to because, articulate because it.
0: Because they're so used to so that's, having these circle said, jerks that we were talking about in the last episode. They have these constant circle jerks on Twitter yeah. and they just turn Twitter into their echo chamber. Cause all they do is automatically mute and block anyone that quote-unquote triggers them, like I don't want to sound like an alt-right person because alt-right people have kind of ruined the word trigger and the word safe space. But to a degree, a lot of these people are really like that because, I mean, I have been blocked so much faster by a lot of liberals and centrists and Tumblr types than I have by um, even conservatives or alt-riders. Like...
2: I've never been blocked. I don't think I've ever been blocked by an alt-rider. Yeah, I've been blocked by
0: an alt-rider like two or three times. And to me, like, that's like a golden trophy you yeah. get them to block you. Whereas, yeah. whereas like for <laughs> a liberal, it's like all you have to do is just say, hey, man, yes. I don't think uh, black men wake up thinking about raping black women. It's like, oh, fuck it, you're blocked. That's a violent.
2: Shit! You don't even have to shit. You don't even have to do that. They can just see that you follow somebody that oh, they yeah, don't like, and they'll true. block you. I mean, you don't yeah, even have to have an interaction.
0: We even use block. even use block lists, like things that just like because you you might have offended someone else. Someone makes a block list, puts your name on it. They'll go subscribe to the block list that'll automatically block everyone that someone else blocked. So they don't even have to know why they're blocking you. It's like, hey, one of my friends blocked a thousand people let me preemptively block that same thousand people right. just in case they might offend me
2: Excuse i've it. even been blocked by people on that end that um like the blurred types or disagree of- with me or make me have to actually explain my position
0: yeah i think i'm pretty much uh done but if you guys want to throw in your last two cents
2: Oh no, I was just gonna say, yeah, as far as them being sensitive and everything like that, I, I agree fully with what you said, and I'll just close it out. And um there's even cases where people I've had productive conversations with the people and only to find out later on that I've been black. Oh, that happens so too. So I don't understand Yeah. So I don't I don't understand what is going on in the, the psyche of these people where You've blocked even if you have a productive conversation that's civil. But this is a really. um, This Twitter world that these people live in needs to come. Sometimes I wish Twitter would just go bankrupt and, and go out of business because it'll force people to kind of wake up out of the matrix that they're trapped in. But I think that. These people have a very hard time dealing in reality. And every once in a while they get a shock to their system and it makes them think and it yeah. almost snaps them out of their program. You know, I, And then I think that's where the, I'll say one thing about
0: Twitter. I think it can be very much a force for good because you know, this show wouldn't exist without oh, Twitter, yeah. but it can also be very much a force for something bad for the exact same phenomenon. And what that phenomenon is, is, there's a lot of times where you might think something weird or that doesn't fit in to people around you. And because you can't find people who think the same, you kind of either have to just keep it to yourself and be a weirdo or just learn to get in line, you know, and just be like, OK, um, this is not how everyone else thinks. I'm just going to have to conform. And I think what happens with things like Twitter and the just the internet in general is, sure, you can't find someone in your circle of friends or in your town who thinks like you, but you can go online and by having the whole world in one place at your fingertips, you might find 40 people who think like you. Now you have the illusion of consensus. So now, you know, if... So so now, if mm. I'm somebody who, you know, thinks black pe- black men are the straight white, uh, straight black men are the white people of black people, if I was someone who thought that before, I might go my whole life not finding someone who thinks like me, and I got to let that go. Now I can find a whole community of weirdos, and we all write think pieces, and we start reinforcing the pathology in each other. And now we can uh, recommend each other books. We can do stuff. So now you have a community of 40 people, whereas in your hometown, you wouldn't even find one person that thinks like that. I think a lot of alt writers ended up that way too. They're always giving each other things to read, recommending, but how much can I complain about it when that same type of dynamic led me to things like Neely Fuller? Without well, the internet, I would have never found Neely Fuller, I don't think.
2: No, that's definitely true. Um, so... it.
1: Yeah. Me either. I, don't I guess, think I I guess the question
0: either. is, does the time it works uh, out for the good, does that outweigh the time that it works out for producing people if, like these you, guys?
2: You know, I what's, think you what's have the to have an inquisitive mind versus having a, a, a seeking mind. I think that's a distinction that that has to be made. You know, if you're trying to find yourself, then you can easily be sucked into these things but if you're actually just genuinely inquisitive and you're seeking knowledge and, 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 um,
0: yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. I think, you know what I'd say? Yeah. This, it amplifies whatever you already are, because like saying you just want distraction to dumb yourself down the internet. You can watch a million cat videos in a day. Like it'll amplify whatever, you already are so you know yeah you're right if you a see if he's a seeker or inquisitive person you can now do that on steroids but if you are just like a follower and just looking for some way to externalize your dysfunction if you're trying to find amplify that too you know what
2: i mean yeah yeah so yeah
0: yeah that's true
1: because like you know I was you know they they already closed mine though I think they already closed mine and they're just looking for something like you said initially they're looking for something that just agrees with what they believe. Yeah me absolutely. like Very I got organically yeah. like I like some of that stuff was radical like Neely Fuller was radical to me. It not, and now that I'm looking at it, it's like, you know, in the simplicity is it's beautiful. But to me it was like a, it was almost I you know it kind of it was kind of a shock to my system, you know, because I, I started I think I found him through Tariq and I, like I found Tariq through, I, you know, I was reading, you know, watching different videos and whatnot. I was watching uh, Kali Mohammed videos on YouTube. I was watching like uh, what's that uh, the, the, the brother that they refer to as I shouldn't even call him a brother, but that guy that they refer to as Crispy. I was watching some of his oh, videos, yeah. and then, like you know, I that's from that I, you know, found out who Zoe, what Zoe Williams was, and then you know, um, uh, some of those other guys, and it's just kind of like then when I, you know, I find I kind of found my zone, you know, and I think that's a good thing for me personally, my personal development, um, and my outlook on things.
0: I will say so, this about uh, Neely Fuller, and I think this is where you were going, and I bet you had the same experience, D. I had a resistance to Neely Fuller, and that's what I think is a big difference between um, what people like us go through and people like like this crowd. They cannot persevere through any resistance or cognitive dissonance because I had a very big cognitive dissonance when uh, Neely Fuller would say certain things like um, white supremacists are the smartest people on... The planet, or they control every like little things. I would just kind of have a knee jerk reaction against. Like, no, it's I don't want to ego, hear so, you
1: know, social yeah. ego. Yeah, like it's like, yeah. hold on, black no, men can't.
2: black males can't be men. Only boys in the system of white supremacy. Oh yeah, that's a yeah, perfect
1: example.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, the thing is a black man. One. That that's one yeah. that. Yeah, that's one that is. It's very hard to. uh I still wrestle with it, you know, because you don't. Who who the hell wants to say that they're not a man, you know?
0: And there's something, and he said this too. He said there's something freeing about letting your ego go and accepting how bad you have it, because now you can at least begin to really fight the right battle.
1: Exactly.
0: And and you know, let me add. Oh, let me add this other point. I forgot to bring this up last time. I think that ego, that resistance. I think that's where a lot of these guys that uh, we tend to call simps, simps, you see these black men who are all jumping up and falling all over each other, these black male feminist allies who are all jumping up to put the cape on and say, yes, black woman, you're right. We have abused our privilege. We are the white people of black people and it's time for us to let it go they're not doing that for the benefit of black women all these black men who who to me are falling all over themselves to agree and say oh we do have black male privilege we do have patriarchy we are the white people of black people they want to believe it about themselves it's a
1: pleasure to believe that lie Yes. yes Uh, and it gives some, them a uh, yeah. power to believe that they have a a, a a certain type of power and privilege over anybody.
2: When yes. the fact of
1: the matter is, we don't have that power or privilege over anybody. Yes. We don't control it's, our own destinies to the greater extent. You know,
0: it's tough enough to be a black man and realize that you're not a man, or or that that you know you're a nigger in white society. But then to realize that. You're not even a man among black people. That's really tough to to believe. And they've kind of accepted, okay, maybe we aren't, uh, maybe we are inferior in the eyes of white people, but we can at least pretend that uh, we're ruling the roost. And now they can pretend like, hey, we have the option to let our women surpass us as opposed to the reality which is they were <laughs> leaving you behind no matter what you did you had no say in the matter right. because white people were pulling them over right. you you don't have the the power to hold back a black woman or lift her up all you can do is just watch yeah you know what's
2: interesting is that's very that has to be very seductive for a black woman man if you look at the because that's not black women live in a system of white supremacy and they have their their challenges and, and, and things that they have to deal with being women um, with the single uh, mother rape being what it is and, and things of that sort. So they have their own unique challenges that they have to face every day. I'd imagine, man, it has to be very seductive um, to go on over to that side and, 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 fall in line with that type of thinking.
0: And, yeah, and, yeah. and I think just to, the same way that it's seductive to black men, to pretend that they actually are to black women what white men are to white women, which is patriarchs, which is higher status, which is more powerful, more privileged. It's also, I think, seductive to a black woman to kind of downplay that she surpassing the black man, which is a very unpopular thing to say. Mm. But it's like, picture your doing better and you get the benefit of pretending you're you know it's, it's that oppression and envy that same seduction that uh, the same way that white supremacists like to get the benefits of being white but also get the benefits of pretending that they're an oppressed class I think you know the way to maximize you know, you know that, that line in that movie where it says the biggest trick the devil pulled was convincing people he didn't exist yeah i think you know the best trick that um these black feminists pulled is tricking people to thinking that black patriarchy exists that you know that that a black that, that the black community is not a matriarchy you know
1: i think these guys these they living up uh, they li- they're both living like you know the man and the female That that espouse these ideas. They're both, I think it helps that they have each other to play that off of, you know, as opposed to where you're fantasizing in your own world. Now you get somebody to, uh, you know, play with you and it it makes it more fun. And you know what I mean? It's like, you you know, you ever had the fantasy, like, you know, I I want, I want, you know, I want this girl, I want her to do this to me. And when she goes and, and indulges in your fantasy with you, it's, better you mm. just fantasize it alone.
2: And, and, you're right,
1: you're right. And yeah, believe I got it or you. Not,
0: there's actually a term for that. It's called uh, folie, folie a, deux. It's a French. It's a French term. within psychology. And and uh, it's a real thing that being with someone Ooh. else is way more fun, way more captivating than being delusion by itself. It's called folie a deux. And it, what it means is it's French For madness of two, there's even there's even a Wikipedia um, entry for it. Folie à French for madness of two, or shared psychosis, is a psychiatric syndrome in which the symptoms of a delusion of a delusional belief and hallucination are transmitted from one individual to another. And um, yeah, people get really into uh, sharing a delusion with someone, not that different than how people like to have an addict friend, that you can both be uh, drug addicts together, it's like a chemical fouliadeur and I think these uh, black male simps and these Tumblrish intersectional feminists are in a fouliadeur with each other, and it's kind of a you know, feeding off each other, it's a shared uh... and,
1: and, and, you know, individually they might each be, you know, but together they say some of the most out, and pushing it further out, you know what I mean? When they, when they combine it. It's very complimentary.
0: It, it's very Voltron. It's,
1: just, it's just yes. type of a, you know, effect where it's like uh, individually they might say, you know, you know, men ain't shit or whatever. But then you, you put this nut job together with this nut job. That's no disrespect. I'm not, I hope I'm not being able Yeah, yeah, you right are now. But but so be I, it. I probably am. I probably am uh, I'm sorry no, about I mean, that. I, I wanna I wanna I,
0: I mean wanna... you are but we've gotten in trouble on like six different points by now. Like, you know, it's kind of like it's kinda of like, it's kinda of like, kind of like sprinkling too much salt <laughs> on a shit cake, you know, <laughs> at, at this point. We're already in the You can't express so much better. You might as well just draw on the All right, fellas. I think.
1: Yeah.
2: But no, you guys. I'm, uh, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: I'm done. I've already
2: done yeah, my own, so. yeah, was, well, Now you just said, you know, salt on the shit cake. Now I'm really done. I don't. <laughs> really good all right but it was a great uh great conversing with you gentlemen man and uh i always enjoy building with you two man so let's uh keep it up and yeah um, i'm in the negotiation
0: with a couple of guests so i hope um we can start getting some in uh by the next episode but we have some good ones lined up so i'll keep you guys posted and thanks guys yeah it was a good Good episode and we'll talk soon.
2: Alright, I'm going to the Cheesecake Factory. Peace.